Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. We got to have some conversation with somebody who played the game, was in the trenches, has been through camps, although not a camp like this. Um, and we're talking about Frank Garcia, former Panther lineman, and uh, my nemesis yesterday on Twitter in an argument about something Matt Rule is doing in practice. So we're certainly going to get into that. Frank, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Not much, man. But uh, I'll tell you what, if the camps were like this when I played, I'd probably get another three, four years, at least stole a couple more. All the virtual, <laughs> that is true, all the virtual stuff. Now, here's, let me ask you this. Do you think, okay, so do you think it's a good thing, the lack of wear and tear on them, or do you think they're going to get the first couple weeks into the games without preseason and, and there's going to be injuries, you know, soft tissue injuries and stuff because of this? What do you think, is it good or bad for players? You know, I think there's a necessary evil to training camp. Um, you know, with all the, the, the pounding that your body takes, you know, getting ready for an NFL season. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, the pain threshold alone, it's like you have to build up to it. You know, could you imagine being a boxer going into a fight, not having trained or taken any body blows and just going out there and trying to fight the first time you get punched in the gut? He's gonna he's gonna hunch over and, and you know fall down to the ground. So um, you know there's a necessary evil. I don't know how much that time is. I thought the training camps were a little too long, a little monotonous. But I think that uh, you know you you do need some of that that physicalness uh, when getting ready for a football season. Yeah. yeah, we're talking to Frank Garcia, former Carolina Panther and FNZ host here on Sports Radio FNZ. Frank Mack alluded to you fighting with him on Twitter yesterday. You guys going back and forth. And that was uh, in regards to Matt Rule's comments that they may use Christian McCaffrey as a punt returner. You think it's a good idea, right? So explain why you think McCaffrey should be used in that role. Well, I think depending on the situation, I think Mac and I both came to an agreement after we kind of hashed it out a little bit. Uh, I don't think he should be back there every time. That's not what Mac said this morning when he's complaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac, Mac, Mac tends to fabricate, you know, like most women do. But uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Why are you gosh. laughing, Bone? Don't be laughing over there. Uh, All right. Watch yourself there, Frankie. Watch yourself. I, uh, I think I think <laughs> Chris McCaffrey makes a lot of sense, um, you know, as Steve Smith did. You know, when he played in the NFL, you know, to put back there. Now, I think that you know, towards the end of your career, 
Uh, you don't want to have those extra those extra touches, and you want to mitigate those. But you know, when you're a young player, you go out there, and you know it's another play, it's another football play. We don't realize how many times you know one play can change a game, and that's just as important as a play as touching the ball in the backfield where he's going to get hit. You know, running the football, it's just him catching it and making a play. So um, you know, whether you want to you know kind of uh, optimize his plays and maximize his ability. You know, you can do that in different ways, and you know, there's times and games when he could do that. But in order to do that, you have to be prepared to do that, and that's the reason why Rule is, you know, having the, you know, ideas that he's having. It yeah. makes a lot of in, sense to put him back there. In fairness to Matt Rule, um, by the way, Frank Garcia with his former Carolina Panther. In fairness to Matt Rule, like he was asked a second question about it, Frank, and he kind of downplayed it. You know, situational. We got someone backed up or we need a play here. Or, you know what I mean? So it doesn't sound like it. Like Farrell Cooper is a former Pro Bowl return man. It, it doesn't sound like McCaffrey or DJ Moore would do it often. But to me, I'm just kind of going into this season, Frank. And you tell me if this is an incorrect way to look at it. Like, I just look at it as we're starting a rebuild. We signed Christian McCaffrey to the biggest running back deal ever. What I want to do is make sure that in year three or four, when hopefully the rebuild is coming to fruition and we're a playoff contender, I want to make sure Christian McCaffrey still has tread. So we're still getting our $16 million a year. So to me, I kind of want Matt Rule to find ways in the next year to cut down on his touches and not add touches. Do you think that's a wrong way of looking at it? Or? I do because, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that have gone 3-13 and 13 one year and 13-3 and three the next. Uh, with the parity that's existed in leagues, tell me when that's going to be. If we could sit and build a formula and a perfect model of this year is going to be this, and we're going to get a little bit better here, a little bit better here, obviously you're going to build up to that, but you're continuously building to that expectation. So when is that going to be? If we sit there and say year three or year four, what happens in year four if Chris McCaffrey goes out there and gets injured? You know, then 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 all the things that you've talked about are are to nuts. You have to utilize a player to the best of their ability when they have their ability in order to be successful and try to surround them as best you can with free agency and the draft to go out there and build a winning team. You can't go out there and prepare for year three or year four. That's when you get fired in this league. You have to try to win each and every day, each and every play, and that's the way organizations are built. If you have a young quarterback, obviously you're going to you're going to wean him along you're going to give him the pacifier. You're going to take him off the pacifier. You're going to let him go to the next level. You're going to give him a little bit more responsibilities, and you do that with individual players. But when you have your star and he's at his prime, use him to the best of his ability. I don't think you overuse him, but you have to go out there and use him. That's why you're paying him. We're talking to Frank Garcia here on the Tenecom Hotline on Sports Radio FNZ. For the record, I think Mac is right in the argument yesterday. I don't think you use... McCaffrey as oh, you're the return man. Now, Bo. But my question for you, Frank, is why would you not use Curtis Samuel as a punt returner to get the ball in his hands more? Because I can't trust Curtis Samuel to catch a pass out of the backfield yet. I mean, he hasn't shown me anything that is going to be reliable in a big-time situation that I'm going to put him back there. If he goes out there and starts making plays and uh, you know starts getting some confidence and I can start having some trust in him to do those things, then, yeah, that's something that uh, – uh, you know, I would be willing to experiment with. But Chris McCaffrey showed me that he doesn't drop balls, that he's going to be reliable in a big-time situation. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about here towards the end of the game, putting McCaffrey back there because you need a play. You, know, you need to get some field position. You need to get out of a tough situation or you need to you know, put the hammer down on somebody. I'm going to put McCaffrey back there. And catch. First off, he's going to catch the ball. 
And secondly, he might be able to make something happen after he does. we got to follow up on this Samuel thing with you because, Frank, we've had a couple of knockdown drag-out sessions in the studio over Curtis Samuel. And whether or not, Preppy has said multiple times he thinks Curtis Samuel is a bust. He thinks it's that simple. He was a high second-round pick. And I still am holding out hope that in a Joe Brady offense with better quarterback play, that we can see Curtis Samuel start to to get to that potential that he has physically. What side do you do you still have hope for Samuel, or are you at the point where you're like, man, that guy is not ever going to live up to, to the 40th pick in the draft? The reason why Curtis Samuel is still on this football team is because he has excellent ability. Right, that's it. Yeah. Um, you know that you can't bring the ability and the want to out of somebody. I'm not saying he doesn't want to. And I don't know if it's the fact that he hasn't been utilized properly or effectively in, in situations. But from what I've seen on film and the way that he's played the game, he's not a physical guy. He gets pushed around. Uh, if he doesn't have space, he's not going to create. And I can say that about probably 80% of players in the league. Sometimes you have to win one-on-one battles. No, all the time you have to win one-on-one battles consistently. And that's what I'm talking about with being reliable. I can't look at a guy and call his number if I don't expect him to win. The reason why Moose Muhammad, Moose Muhammad is not the most athletically gifted guy in the world, but the reason why I look to Moose Muhammad when uh, it's a big-time third-down situation is because I know that he's going to do whatever it takes to win his one-on-one battle. Yes. And that's what you need in order to be successful. Those guys have to do it consistently in big-time plays. This game is, an, uh, it, we all look at it as a team game, but it's an individual one-on-one battle each and every play, whether it's the offensive line or defensive line, whether it's a cornerback versus a wide receiver. You have to win those consistently in order to be successful. And if you don't, I can't trust you or rely. He's on Preppy's side. He's, hey, on, he's, he's thrown in the towel on Samuel. Hey, hey, Moose, it's T-Bone. Yeah, Frank's on right now. Said you're not athletically gifted. Yeah, Frank Garcia. Okay. <laughs> I would never rat you out, Frank. I would never rat you out to Moose like that. Oh, man, I wish Rip Moose could get on here in an Armani uh, suit and stroll into the studio right now and go at it with Frank like the old days. We're talking to Frank Garcia, Sports Radio FNZ. Frank, one last question from me here. We just had Joe Theismann on last hour. He says he thinks that Teddy Bridgewater can be a franchise guy for five or six years here in Carolina. Do you feel that way, or is Joe wrong in his assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know this. The team has done a better job of surrounding when Cam was here uh, him with some talent. And it starts with Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, he's not a great player; he's a good player. Great players have the ability to make other players better. And ultimately, if you're going to win Super Bowls, you have to have great players, and a lot of them. Um, if you're going to be consistent, you have to have a lot of great players that are playing at their their peak. And uh, I think the Panthers have some really good pieces. I don't know if they have a great player other than Christian McCaffrey on this offense or, um, you know, even on the defense right now. They're going to establish themselves. K.K. Short is probably the most established on defense as a uh, above-average player. He's not. I wouldn't call him great. I wouldn't call him a franchise guy. I wouldn't call him an Aaron Donald type of player. But he's a guy that shows consistency when healthy. Um, you know, other guys have to step up. Chris McCaffrey is a great player. He's going to make other guys around him better. He's going to make the defense be prepared to where he's at each and every play, and that takes pressure off of somebody else. The offensive line doesn't have, you know, that, that Tony Baselli, that Orlando Pace. They don't have that Jonathan Ogden type of guy to run behind in, 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 in third and one situations. They have to do it collectively. Chris McCaffrey can help you alleviate some of that um, I'm not sure I'd say the same thing about Teddy Bridgewater. What do you, last thing I want to ask you about, Frank, because you played you know, in the trenches on the line. Do you honestly think there's any chance that the Panthers have 
the guy on this roster, Okung or Little, that is the starting left tackle, say, in 2022? Or 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 do we or are we going to need one in a year or two here? I think we have a bunch of um, hardworking, overachieving offensive linemen right now that uh, John Masco has tried to really you know, build and, and to make something great. I know he's no longer here, um, but that's going to be the biggest challenge right now um, is, like I said, you know, you, you look at the Colts. They have, um, you know, their left guard, Neil. Um, you know, he's the guy that you're going to be reliable. He's going to be a pro bowler. You can't look on this offensive line and say this guy's a pro, pro bowler consistently. Trey Turner is probably the closest one, but he's not a dominant player. He's a good player. He's not going to make everybody around you better. He's a guy that's going to win a lot of his one-on-one battles. He has that nastiness. He has that tenacity you're looking for. But when you start looking at left tackles, you need a freakish type of athlete to go out there and match the speed rush that you're going to get on the other side. And, you know, when you look at the Panthers' offensive tackles right now, I just don't see that guy. Little could, Little could have maybe a little bit more potential long-term, but, hell, you, you, hit him, you hit him once or twice, and he's like Glass Joe. He's going to fall apart. That's what he's shown so far. So uh, you can't make the club in the tub. You're not going to make the team any better when you're on the <laughs> sideline. So um, you, you got to go out there and find that guy that's going to be consistent reliable that's going to be there down in and down out. And Little is a second-round pick, man. And I, you're not the only one saying this stuff. I'm hearing from people over there in that building that are just there's, – there's, there's, there's worries that he could be – a bust himself. All right, Frank, we appreciate it. A couple of those cheap shots. We will uh, we will file those away, Frank. I know you're very scared, but we will file those away. Be good, brother. We'll talk ball with you soon, man. Thanks, 